I just got off the Zoom call. It's 4-17, November 10th, 2020. And I was thinking, maybe I can do the oil industry. Because I found, you know, that beginning in 1947, the Sand Dune Oil Company bought that land. So now there's an oil field. And I always see these, like, industrial, like, buildings... Um, at least a field away, you know, I can see it from eyesight coming up to the dead end where Oso Flaco is. So I'm wondering if that's the oil industry or is that just connected to the agricultural industry there? And it's so weird to me that, like, all these different, you know, industries are so close to such a natural space. So I want to delve into that more. So yeah, I'll check in later when I dig deep in some pdf files on on people that have already got into it like the u.s fish and wildlife services and their reports on it from the 70s the 2000s you know these industries have been here for decades now and i didn't wasn't really aware of it so yeah i'll check in later I would like to introduce you to the Snook on the Central Coast, also known as Osoflaco Lake, located at the end of Guadalupe, California, and right before Oceano, California. Osoflaco directly translates to Skinny Bear, regaining its name from Gaspar de Portola's expedition in 1976, where, legend has it, too much natives had fed a bear tainted meat, causing it to become skinny and this group of explorers, hunting for food one night, had shot and ate this bear, leading to several dying as a result. Originally, this part of the Central Coast, the larger portion named the Guadalupe and Pomo Dunes, was largely uninhabited, except for the natives who knew how to work the land and had little negative environmental impact on it. But following colonization and through the recent centuries, as more and more people started to settle into the coast, the dunes and also Flaco Lake became more of an area for recreation. As a mini side note, I wanted to touch on, during the Great Depression, there was a small artistic community residing on the dunes itself where residents named themselves Dunites, until they ultimately disbanded after being questioned as being spies during early World War II. The original spots, from what I've read, look like any other spot at the dunes, like they weren't even there, with just mountains and sand and succulents inhabiting them now. While trying to find what this episode should be about, I found documents from the California Department of Fish and Game, now known as the California Department of Fish and Wildlife, and the Fish and Wildlife Service published in June of 1976. And almost every reference to Osoflaco Lake leads to some comment about how agricultural the land is. This still holds true today, where I pass by a maze of varying fields each time I visit. It's been agricultural land since the first wave of American settlers during the mid-1800s. This is where the emergence of the agricultural industry in this land began. These fields began as sugar beet fields and are now mostly cabbage, lettuce, broccoli, and berries.
On one particular drive to Osoflaco, I noted as many companies and fields as I could. I ended up tallying 12, and I even could have missed some. During this trip, I googled Guadalupe oil field, and I found this timeline. Nineteen forty-seven, oil production and exploration began with the Sand Dune Oil Company. Nineteen fifty-three, the company Union Oil Company of California managed about two hundred and forty oil wells and more than a hundred and eighty miles of pipeline in the field. During its operation, the field had used a refined hydrocarbon and petroleum-based product diluent, which was mixed with the heavy crude oil. That was produced at the site in order to reduce its viscosity. In order to keep production up, there was plenty of dilute and mixing and steam injection at the site. This brings us to 1994, when about 12 million gallons of dilute leaked into the dunes, beach, groundwater, and ocean. Production ended in 1994, and along with that, emergency cleanup efforts began. In 2005, Chevron bought Unical, and the long-term remediation and restoration process began, and continues to this day. Currently, as of 2019, Chevron wanted to construct an 18.2-acre in-ground holding area for the soil contaminated with diluent and other ex- excavated petroleum hydrocarbons. This plan was proposed to replace a previous operation that allowed Chevron to dispose of diluent contaminated soil at the Santa Maria Regional Landfill. During the time between 2006 and 2016, more than 1.18 million cubic yards of hydrocarbon contaminated soil was struck from the oil field. To the Santa Maria landfill, a one-way distance of about 16 miles for disposal. This current plan is overall a bit more environmentally conscious because there's not so much back and forth of trucks anymore, eliminating around 69,188 round trips, where even more emissions would be taking place. This contaminated soil would be treated with nutrients that speed up the process of biodegradation. This remediation process is important and necessary, but massive excavations are a complex process, especially for areas with sensitive ecosystems, such as the Guadalupe Dunes, that house endangered species like the snowy plover, California red-legged frog, and La Graciosa thistle. Progress in restoration of this land is always positive and beneficial for the community. It's a place where locals go to fish, walk, birdwatch, and really take time out of their day to be outside. Although it will never go back to its original state, environmental trade-offs are always a part of the process of restoration and remediation of our previous environmental impacts on the land, such as oil spills. Just last year, my hometown had multiple hearings and proposals for three oil development projects made by Airy Energy, ERG, and Petrorock. These projects were met by community concerns that were centered on the effect these plans would have on groundwater, 
because one plan included an expansion of an aquifer exemption, which means that airy energy would be allowed to let fluids that otherwise would endanger a drinking water source to be placed into a specific portion of an aquifer. This raised concerns because an aquifer exemption could have consequences such as potential spills of contaminated water or oil, natural gas leaks. Other concerns about these projects included greenhouse gas emissions and traffic. While there was many concerns, there were also public support for it since many would be able to find employment through these projects. As of this year, all three projects have been withdrawn. A Santa Maria Times article that had written about the withdrawal of the last Cat Canyon oil propositions noted that if the full 760 oil wells had been drilled by these three companies, it would have added 400 tanker truck trips to the area roadways, and that would have contributed almost 700,000 metric tons of carbon dioxide to the local atmosphere annually. Along with this, there was also clear community concern about the potential for groundwater contamination that would have been a threat to the water supply of over 150,000 North County residents in Santa Maria. This should be taken as a sign of progress that this community is not going to repeat the history of the Guadalupe oil field, that we're progressing past that and we're working towards remediation and restoration. Discussing and researching this piece of history that closely relates to my community is weird. It's not a unique story per se, but that's what makes it so daunting because interesting in progress has been measured in how much we as people stray away from nature, whether it be through the development of cities or being the most efficient in production. Efficiency over longevity has decimated a lot of our natural resources. And this story of Guadalupe and Oso Flaco is just one story where efficiency and productivity through dilutant, in this case, was the ultimate downfall of the Guadalupe oil field and its surrounding areas affected by the oil field. Thank you for sticking around and listening. I hope this struck a chord with you and you can look at the natural spaces around you in a new light. Stick around for more podcasts from our crew at the UCSC Campus Natural Reserve.